All right, hello, and welcome everyone to another episode of Waiting to Be Signed, the show where we discuss the week's events in generative art. My name is Will, and I'm joined by Trinity. Before we get started, a quick disclaimer. We are here to talk about art, not just the aesthetics, but the money surrounding it, as the market is a key part of art on the blockchain. That said, nothing we say here should be taken as financial advice. It is just for fun and conversation. You can follow us on Twitter at Waiting to Sign to keep up with our thoughts throughout the week. And for those who prefer a visual language, on Instagram at Waiting to Be Signed. If you are feeling generous, we are always accepting donations, including tokens, to our Tez wallet address, WTBS.Tez, and our ETH address, WTBS.ETH. Of course, the best way you can support the show is by collecting the FX text articles that accompany each episode. It's a great way to follow along with everything we talk about. So go check it out and also go back and look at some of the older ones. You know, if you missed them, go collect. That's what we're here for, right? Yeah, it is what we're here for. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I thought we we're here for the art, but we can multi-purpose. Well, now. obviously there's, we all appreciate collecting as a hobby here. And, uh, you know, we're putting out a nice collectible for everyone that memorializes the week's events. So they're very affordable. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. How's the price of Des doing these days from affordability perspective? I heard it's way down today. Hell yeah. It broke below 70 cents today, actually. Let's go buy. It's not just Tez. It's all the altcoins. It's all, yeah. Yeah, not that I know why or what is causing it, but seems like all the altcoins just taking a dip this week. What was the lowest it hit? Was it like close to 50 cents it, it hit at one point? Mm, 50, 60, something like that. Yeah. But it bounced back pretty quickly. It was like a quick dip and then back up to 80. That was what, December, January? Yeah, I'm, that's my memory, but whatever. It kind of just feels like anywhere between fifty and a dollar is where we've been for the last year or more. I remember buying it two fifty and being like, "Oh damn, <laughs> this is a steal! Time to go this get some art." This is a steal, yeah. yeah. Like my initial buying was at four or five. So, well, back then it only cost like one tez to mint something. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, Trinity, your week busy again. Work continues to be a drag. Yeah, you know when you feel like you're constantly on the verge of vomiting? Yes. That has been my week. That sucks. I'm sorry to yeah. hear. That's okay. Is there an end in sight to this or is this just like a uh, for the October, future? November, and then we'll see. Okay. Well, good luck getting through it. Thanks. We'll strategize offline about how to help you maintain your focus and not worry so much about Trivial I'm things like hire. the podcast. Yeah, yeah. If you need to hire someone named Trinity, uh, let us know. But I mean, my week has been way better than your week. Yeah, I was going to say I can relate to the feeling of vomiting sensation. It's been a pretty hard. We didn't really get into it last episode because we started late. And also the whole kind of trial had not concluded. But unfortunately, um, our family dog, Ichi, who we adopted way back in 2011 or 2012. 2012. 2012. Yeah. Had to be put down on Sunday after a very turbulent week with him, getting him into the hospital, getting him into several hospitals, finding one that would operate on him and try to help him. And even though the surgery seemed to go well, um, yeah, he just couldn't make it through. So it was a pretty sudden thing. Really sucked. And we were lucky that he was at least able to spend his last couple of days here in the house with us and not in a cage in a hospital, which is where yeah. he was for the first half of last week. So eating sushi grade fish. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the sign that he was really not doing well was that he didn't even really want it unless we kind of ground it up and put it into a, <laughs> you, I'm sure you have one of these, like a children's Tylenol dropper. Mm. and then kind of just pipetting it into his mouth along with like broth and other things to help him eat. So really sucked because Saturday the 5th, he was healthy, normal, walking around, had been fine. And then Sunday the 13th, we were at the emergency vet getting euthanasia for him. So really challenging week. But in a way, there's like some relief knowing that like he's not suffering anymore and there's resolution, right? Like yeah. there are that's always the hard part in those situations where you just don't really know. You just don't know. Like, I don't know how else to put it. You just don't know. Is this going to be like, are we going to live with a paralyzed dog for several years? Like, is he going to, is he going to get better? Will he walk again? Or will this drag out for a month and then, you know, and then he'll, he'll die through some other thing. So it was just that uncertainty for me in particular was like really 
a really difficult aspect of it on top of, you know, of course, seeing 11 years of him being like man's best friend for you, you know, yeah, just being your guy. This will be the first episode where he's not like in the room in his bed next to me, you know, recording. So he's been here for every waiting to be signed. People have probably heard him barking, especially in the earlier days when we were in a smaller apartment. I'm sure there's a lot of barks if you've been a long time listener. So it's a bummer. But he's always with you. Yeah, he's always with us. And we dedicated, I don't know if you saw the tweet, but I dedicated last episode to him. And the, the name ended up being very fitting, Love, Light, and Shilling, as an episode to dedicate to him, right? So Perpetual Shiller. Yeah, he was always shilling in his own way. Shilling for sushi. (laughs) So yeah, it sucks. But here we are. It's Thursday. I guess if we wanted to continue on the awkward theme of death, is that too harsh? Is that a bad segue into this news item here? Um, I don't want to be insensitive to Ichi, you know, but if we have to segue, we have to segue. (laughs) Yeah, he kind of had a grimdark vibe to him, you know, like I think he would appreciate it in his own way. So we found out this week that Gen.art is shutting down. Very sudden. Right? It was just like a tweet went out. They voted, whoever is in their DAO or leadership. And with that, Eclipse.art, which was the first, the real technical first open platform on ETH, right? The first I, of I, many first open platforms on the Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, they came out with like their five or six projects. We talked about it a few times. Mm-hmm. We were checking in to see what the appetite might be for that type of platform on ETH. The f- initial projects never minted out. Even their free project never minted out. And no one else ever used the platform. Maybe it was harder to use than we thought. Maybe it wasn't actually really open. It's also, they haven't, I've checked their socials and they really, at least as of earlier this week when the news about Art broke, you know, they hadn't tweeted since early July so from a social media strategy, that's probably not your best bet for continuing to try to gain traction. The person who was doing the most was Joss Romans. You know, he had a project on there and he was trying to get people to pay attention to it because he put a project up there that was, it wasn't bad. It was, it was a cool project, but it was 0.1 ETH. You know, so pretty expensive by modern standards and it's just gone. They never moved to the L2. I was in their Discord. Their Discord was pretty quiet except for the occasional GM and there was really nothing from any of the people who were building the mm-hmm. platform. They kept delaying the move to the L2 and then this. So I guess they assumed there'd be more interest in some of those Genesis projects and took that as a sign that it wasn't worth investing in the platform anymore. Looking at their website right now, gen.art, great URL. You know, nothing on the front page is really clickable. It's just kind of a reminder of some of the great projects that it brought to us, such as, I think, most famously, Toha by Rich Poole. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, Ken. It's probably one of his favorite generative art projects of all time. And stylistically, a very influential one. I think it's mm-hmm. not a well-known project because of the platform it was released on. But if you look at that project and you look at a lot of other projects from other artists that probably have higher price points and are more well-known, like you can see an influence there for sure. And it got a lot of people really excited about Rich Pool, you know, in addition to some of his other work. The work that people really talk about on Ethereum from him, it's always Toha this, Toha that. It's a tender icon. Yeah. One of the few non-Art Blocks, non-FX hash icons. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you also looked at this, but going to the Eclipse.art website, and that is 404, deployment not found. I was just checking it yesterday and it was working, but I know that they said they were going to migrate all of those works to the gen.art site which is going to be kept alive in a very minimal way to help preserve the art i guess well so far it's not really seeming to be happening i guess it's technically operating with minimal features yeah but i'm just curious as to what is going to happen to all of the work that is on eclipse <laughs> well for eclipse right the work is on chain so yeah it doesn't i, I need think the i'm thinking about the, the, the open projects i think they're closing I saw Josh Roman saying that he minted a few more out and the project's just, they're burning the remainder. Okay. Really sad day for artists, I think just across the board and obviously collectors, but you know, when you take a chance to release something on an exciting new platform that has a lot to offer and stuff that's new, like this was one of the first ones that had like their own contracts, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that was part of it, right? It was like the own your own contract thing, which we still, Mm -hmm. which hopefully in a future interview episode with some other folks will investigate really what that means more. But I think the takeaway here, and, and as we talk about some of the other news items and stuff of the week and do our platform roundup is that 
platforms are either built through intense amounts of work of getting people on board, getting collectors in, getting artists in. You either have to like really make an effort to make it happen or you have to get incredibly lucky and be willing to like spend time to build organic interest. But if you do neither and you just kind of like put something out there, don't talk about it, it's not going to do it by itself, especially now, like maybe two years ago, right? FX hash by virtue of being first and by being on Tez and a lot of things went right, but you can't just launch a platform now and assume that the people will care about it you have to put a lot into it. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of work went into writing the contracts, right? I don't want to minimize the work, but it's like, that's just where it starts. You know? Sometimes it's just like that sweet spot. And, you know, Tezos had such a good artist community on Hen, just artists collecting work from other artists. And you know, yeah. that sort of organic love and that organic growth, like you can't manufacture that. It's something you need to be able to attract the people who are genuinely interested. So it's a tough sell. Or you manufacture it by putting a ton of work into the marketing, putting a ton of work True. into building relationships with the artists and making sure they release with you. Maybe even getting artists to invest in you as, I guess, a preview to this prohibition announcement this week. But you got to do something. I mean, and I think that we're seeing some of that extra work that, for example, Alba does in creating like those curated exhibits. Yeah. You know, really just coalescing around a theme. Of course, there are still a lot of projects in Alba that haven't minted out. Right. It's hit or but miss. there are also a lot that have. Like the most recent one, Remnants of Humanity by... Kira Zero, which we will talk about later this episode, sold out. Stride by Mutt sold out. And so we're seeing that sort of attraction for sure. And it's doing way better than I think anything else. Yeah, I, th I think we're seeing that. Like Obviously, the team there for months before the platform launched, we're lining up this content, right? Because the platform's still not open. So none of it's organic in the sense that like these artists just said, I have a project. Where should I put it? Oh, I'll put it on all, but like, that's just not an option. So yeah, I think they're an example of a model that's executing in the right direction. And it remains to be seen what will happen when they go open, like fully open. We have another news item this week, which is, I guess, kind of like a soft, I don't know if it's like a new platform announcement, but Coinbase has a new L2 called Base. It's an ETH L2. And we have been hearing that they're going to be doing stuff with NFTs and generative art. They launched a project this week called New Era ETH by DK in conjunction with collector Cosamote Medici. It's not like they launched it. They don't have like a base.xyz. They don't have their own generative art platform. No, it's the L2. Yeah. Yeah. This is launched on a really <laughs> bizarre and scammy looking platform called Mint.fun for whatever reason. Not sure how they picked this one, but maybe it's just one of the few platforms that's actually using the base chain or integrating it. But it did pretty well. It cost 0.01 ETH to mint. It was an open edition for a few days. They ended up minting 45,000-ish of them for 452 ETH in primary sales. Not too bad. That's a lot of money. <laughs> That's a lot of money. I'm not really interested in this project because the art doesn't appeal to me at all. It actually does the opposite of appeal. If I saw this, it would make me not want to get interested in crypto or NFTs at all because it's so cringe. Yeah, but I think a lot of people who are into NFTs and crypto... No offense, because we're also kind of calling ourselves out, right? Yeah. There's a lot of cringe, and I guess cringe is relative. That's true. Cringe Sorry. is relative. Is that, oh, that's overly harsh. That's overly harsh, but that's okay. We see this with art collecting, of course. Like, there's different tastes. This just, to me, feels like a weird one to kind of come out first and get pushed by Coinbase and stuff because it's so lame. But hey, you can't argue with the performance. Well, I can argue with why can't I click on any of the mints to actually see on mint.fun to actually see what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, because it's a bad platform website. I mean, I gotcha. This is the problem with blockchains, I guess, is that they're open and public and anyone can build on them and you can't control the quality of the products, even a big company like Coinbase. So yeah, I was having that same issue. I was like, actually, how do I see the full animation? I can't figure out how to see the full animation from the mint.fun website, which seems like a major oversight there. As you said, it's seen a ton of volume. It saw a ton of mints and a ton of unique minters. Yeah. This is an artist that people do like. True. And I know that they're one of ones have cost a lot of money in the past. I mean, famously one sold for like a million dollars to Cosimo, who's Truth. attached to this project and getting it out there. So maybe a little bit of conflict of interest <laughs> in that, you know, no way. got a major bag with this artist and you're pushing to make them like one of the first big releases on base, but for people who maybe aspired to own a piece by this artist, DK, this is a nice entry point. I don't think you can argue with that. 
we should do the donations because I'm more interested to talk about their generative art lineup and the prohibition stuff. So yeah, let's do that. Why don't you do some donations? Pretty crazy donations this week. Two, a pregiator from Pixelwick. One, the brakes from Oxygen or Oxygen. How are we pronouncing that, man? I'm going with Oxygen. Oxygen. One, the brakes from Oxygen, and then nine digits from Doc Sci-Fi. And then I also you just saw you snuck a very cool one into our notes, which yeah. is one mint pass from Jamie over at Verse. For the Zach Lieberman Cone yep. Gradient Studies Project. Yeah. Which one did we get? Or which one did you mint? If you did mint. I did mint, of course. I'm not going to risk it being randomized. Oh, you had a lot going on. So <laughs> yeah, but the mint got delayed till Monday. So we were able to get through all of our troubles with Ichi. We were just kind of chilling with him and just keeping the mood quiet and looking at nice art. It's like a nice thing to do, even when the Picking vibes are bad. Out, yeah. So I got number 27 in collaboration with my wife, Akari, because of course there's a print that comes with this. So you got to make sure it passes the test. She looked at all 50. She rank ordered like four or five of them that she would be okay with us getting. And so I just went for the first pick and got it. It was one that did mint out all five editions. So glad to have gotten it. I was right there when it opened up on Monday to grab it. It's just like a very very nice nice blue and pink gentle piece. Not one of the really crazy ones, which also went pretty quickly, but I'm happy. This one has a nice chill vibe. So yeah. And this is one of the ones I think you called out a little bit. Probably in the last episode or maybe one Mm -hmm. similar to it. So excited to get that. It's going to be, I don't think it'll be till September or maybe even later that the prints arrive, but excited to, to get that. Yeah, it'll look so cool. Yeah. And you don't have to rotate it to put it on your screen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Should we continue on this Coinbase thing and their GenArt Summer initiative? Yeah. That specific initiative? Or are you thinking more around highlight? Well, yeah. It's, it's again, I don't really know where like Coinbase ends and the platform begins. And so we've heard from tweets and from artists who are participating that Coinbase is kind of sponsoring this like gen art thing. I think they're going to be pretty large projects. I'm imagining like the thousands of editions, but not full open editions, but they're going to be on this platform called Highlight. The first open platform for generative art on Ethereum. Yeah. According to Highlight CEO, Nathaniel Limodi. (laughs) I haven't heard that one before. But maybe they did launch and we just never heard of them. I mean- they could have stealth launched a year ago, right? Like, I don't know. I'm really only seeing these two projects, to be honest. Some by Dwayne King and then ES by MCHX. That claim is on the block to fact check then. You know, if they publish yeah. that without fact checking it, that's on them. But either way, it's this convoluted thing, right? It's like Coinbase, Highlight, and then Fingerprints DAO. There's no announcement page at this time. I think there probably will be by the time the episode goes live. But it's exciting artists, right? It is exciting artists. There's one press release from actually late July calling out Melissa Wiederacht, who we know and love, James Merrill, Holger Lippmann, Lander Herzog, and many others, which is exciting. Very exciting. And also, I think that some of those really big names there, it's going to bring a lot more clout to the platform and just a lot of, uh, what's that really big word that we like to use when it's the real shit, you know? Authenticity? Close. We can go with authenticity. That's what jumped to my mind was that someone in there, and maybe it's like the fingerprints DAO influence, did a good job picking these folks. These are people that if you've been following Jared of Art for the last two years, like you've certainly encountered their names and work, not necessarily because they command like the highest prices, but because people regard their art really highly. So mm-hmm. that's really interesting to me. I'm going to be interested to see like what level of promotion this gets and like what Coinbase's role is going to be because obviously a huge number of people using Coinbase every month. Yeah, it's absolutely true. It looks like the biggest part of Coinbase is, you know, from a funding perspective. So Highlight did raise $11 million in funding, which is $6 million more than FX hash raised. But, you know, it's also Ethereum. It's the first open generative platform. So obviously, but other investors include 1KX, who invested in FX Hash, Coinbase, Polygon Studios, and a ton of other organizations. So the money to do the marketing is definitely there. And that's probably in addition to any other sort of support that might be pushed from their partnerships. So, I mean, I think that this might be the bender break, right? If they can't make it work, I don't know what's going to make it work. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of reasons a big organization like this can fail, 
right? Like we see mm-hmm. a lot of big brands jump into the space and do NFTs and then it doesn't matter. Even when they collaborate with big artists and stuff. And I mean, I'm kind of thinking of um, <laughs> the Lady on the Horse project that didn't even mint out. Oh, yeah. Marina Abramovich, right? Like that's a huge move, right? Big artists, long career taking the jump into NFTs, like no brainer. People would hear about it. They minted out. It didn't, you know, the platform itself just didn't work. People were trying to mint. They couldn't mint. They couldn't get the images they wanted. So there's like plenty of opportunity for this to fail, but I like where it's going. And obviously Coinbase is highly incentivized to promote this stuff because they want activity on their L2. Yeah. And their L2 base is one of the supported chains. Um, It also supports Ethereum, Polygon, Optimism, Arbitrum, Base, and Zora. Optimism, Base, and Zora are also the three that Mint.Fun support in addition to Ethereum. I've never heard of Zora before today, so I'll have to look into what Or Optimism, to be honest. I've heard we're, of Optimism. We're out of touch. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty optimistic, yes. <laughs> so that's that's super interesting. I, and I think we've seen artists like Leander showing some work recently. Like He has this one on Twitter. It's been showing that's these kind of like digital flame things. Mm-hmm. And you can see like, oh, like that could easily, between colors and textures and stuff, that could easily be expanded into thousands of pieces if it needed to be and done at a very low price point. I'm not sure about James or Holger. And I think Melissa's been sharing some stuff too that's kind of like text-based on Twitter. So yeah, that could be it. I'm not sure when that stuff is coming, but I think it's going to be soon. It'll be exciting. It'll give us some more stuff to talk about. Yeah. I'll collect some if they're a pretty low price point, even if they end up being high edition count. I'll definitely collect. I don't know if this is their um, highlights Genesis project, but the MCHX project still available to mint at 0.02 ETH. Oh, really? Very accessible. And I know that you enjoy that artist. Yeah, I'll take a look. It's a very nice, subtle animation. Very nice. So I think the place to go from here is to talk about this Snowfro prohibition announcement because this is just a, kind of continuing on the theme of platforms trying to make their mark and grow and get attention, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about prohibition now since it launched. It's been what, four, six weeks or so since it's launched. There really hasn't been a ton on there. A lot of their early projects that they had lined up in advance to me were not super appealing. And I guess to the community too, because people didn't mint them. They've had a few projects mint out, but not too many. And not a ton of stuff going up day to day. So this feels like their big marketing push in a sense, this collaboration with Snowfro. I don't know how else to think about it, to be honest. I guess it's a marketing push, but it's also doing something kind of new. I mean, the IRL aspect of it is definitely something unique and very achievable, assuming that you have a 3D printer. Big assumption, I guess. (laughs) But yeah. Some people have it. And, you know, I think it's also like kind of speaking to that craftiness, like, oh, you can also buy a kit to paint and assemble the heart. There's even a tier above that where they will have, quote unquote, artisans make it. It's a collector's edition and it'll be signed by Snowfro. So this project is called Heart and Craft, and it's a collaboration between Snowfro, Eric Calderon, and one of the founders of Prohibition named Jordan Lyle. We noted that Snowfro invested in Prohibition, like it's kind of there on the bottom of the site. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like mm, pretty nice to have a big figure in the space investing in your platform and then willing to hand over a project like this. It's definitely going to bring attention, right? Like I'm thinking back to friendship bracelets and yeah. the amount of action that those had. And obviously all the mania still around squiggles to this day as the last few are getting minted out. So for sure at 0.01, there'll be people who haven't yet bridged some ETH over coming in to mint a few of these especially if there's like a burn element to it, which it sounds like there might be. What do you think of, I mean, are you like in on this? Like, would you mint this? Like, what's your take on it? No, No, (laughs) not even, not even with the cachet of Snowfro, like being involved in it. No, I don't care. Sorry. I mean, would you mint? Maybe I'd want to learn some more about it. You know, I sold my friendship bracelets. I was pretty happy about that. I don't miss them. The thing to me is like the heart itself is just not interesting. It does not pass the wife test. Definitely not. I would never make it. I would never go to the lengths of getting it 3D printed or ordering a kit. It's just not something that seems display worthy to me. I would guess that probably less than 1% or even less than 1% of 1% will actually go to the length of actually reproducing this physically. I think despite the fact that it's being billed as a inclusive edition, there's going to be a lot of people who just come in and mint this very speculatively. I don't know. The only thing I will say is it does kind of like, I've listened to some interviews with Eric recently 
most notably the one that he did with Collector's Corner. And this does seem like something that he's legitimately interested in. So I don't think he's entirely cynical, you know, as a marketing mm-hmm. employee. Like I think Eric really does believe in using NFTs in this way. I just don't think this is the project to do it, I guess, is my takeaway right now. But it's still early, right? I think we got to see. It's, it actually comes out next week on the 24th. I mean, it's definitely a good push. Like, I guess it's too soon after like friendship bracelets to do something like this with a super high supply and super low price mm-hmm. on an art blocks, for example, because there is definitely a lot more traction and yeah. a lot more engagement over on art blocks. And from a minting perspective, obviously, they'll be using the prohibition contract. Interesting choice to, um, you know, it doesn't live on prohibition.art. It lives on its own URL, right. cartoncraft.xyz. And so it's kind of separating it out a little bit. How many of these do you think there'd be when they say inclusive? Do you think it's going to be like a timed open edition? Like you have one or two days? Is it going to be limited to wallets? Like, I don't think they want someone coming in and minting a thousand of these, right? That doesn't seem like in the spirit of this at all. Yeah, but limiting based off wallets, people will just come in and create more wallets, right? That's kind of just a soft barrier, not a hard barrier. That's enough of a barrier to prevent someone from minting a thousand. They yeah. might mint a hundred or fifty, but I'm just thinking at the, at that price point with low-ish gas and arbitrum. I'm just kind of thinking of like looking at the hearts and looking at what we see on the site. Like, what's what's the variation going to be like? Are there going to be surprises in here? Like, what can we expect? It kind of just looks like it's doing a color gradient with the blocks. Maybe the blocks kind of wiggle front and back. There's a little bit of X, Y, Z axes variants here some of them are bigger i see some that are slightly bigger and have more blocks but kind of feels like it's going to be hard to get to like thousands and have them feel really interesting unless there's some features they're hiding here like squiggles has a lot of hidden features to it or if that's just not the point it could be something where they're like intentionally not putting these chase features in at all because they don't want people to fomo and mint 100 to try to get a rare one it could be intentionally generic which is kind of an interesting idea in a way Definitely. And I think the other cool part of this is that there are instructions with the NFT for how to create it at home. It's like that merging of physical and digital and like really that idea of this wants to be physical, but really telling you how to make this physical that is slightly refreshing compared to a lot of the stuff that we've been seeing lately. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I I like the idea of a project like this that gives you the instructions to make it at home. Like Plottable stuff does this, right? Like it lets you download an SVG. You can make your own copy at home. We've seen Ken doing a ton of that recently. True, that's true. This is like the next step up in a way. Like you need to have a 3D printer, paint it. And then I guess you have to do your best to kind of offset the blocks to mimic the depth. I doubt they can give you such precise instructions to like match that, right? It's like model cars. Well, actually, maybe each block itself is not a perfect square. They could be rectangles, and so they could naturally have that yeah. texture on them. Yeah. Or it's like just the differing heights across the Z-axis. I think it'd be a fun craft on a rainy day. It's the type of thing. I don't know if I need it to be an NFT, to be honest. Right. Yeah, that's the other thing. But here we are. Yeah. The biggest factor in me deciding to mint this will be how much would it cost me to bridge like 0.03 ETH to Arbitrum? If it cost me the equivalent of minting one to do it, I'm probably not going to do it. So probably not. Although if I get my $10, maybe I should bridge now and get my free $10. (laughs) I was going to say, how much do you need to bridge or you just need to bridge anything at all? I don't know. I tried to to send one of my NFTs to an ETH vault I set up today and it cost eight bucks to do that. And I chose not to do it yet. So I'm guessing it might cost somewhere around that. So getting that 10 bucks subsidy from Prohibition might be worth doing. I just realized that it's sounding kind of negative. Well, no, I mean, here's the thing. It's a project that is intentionally being designed to like not gain value. So I think you can FUD it all you want. I don't think you're going to make anyone mad to say... Yeah, but we might make Snowfro mad and then he'll never come on the show. Oh, I don't think he listens to the show. It's true. So I'm not worried about that. If he ever does come on the show, we can totally dig into like his intent and expectation behind this, which would be a great topic. It would be a topic. <laughs> yeah. One question for you before we move on. This is the first place I've seen a join the Prohibition Discord link. I've been trying to join their Discord and see what's up. It's been artists only. But this link doesn't work for me. It just gives me the poop symbol. Does this work for you? I will try. It's all the way at the bottom on the heart and craft site, not on the Prohibition site. Interesting choice. I'll do like a little filler music there. 
Trinity got into the Discord, so it worked. Didn't work for me, but I'll get in through her. So that's great. So yeah, I think that kind of counts as the platform roundup for this week. I looked at everything else. A lot of the other stuff is just really not much to talk about. I didn't really make any pickups this week. I doubt you did because you were so busy. I did not pick up anything. So let's just get into some art. We have a ton of looking ahead and a cool shout out, but let's talk about some art first. And I know you probably haven't checked out a lot of this stuff, but whatever you feel most comfortable talking about, let's start with that. Digits, Lauren Bedner, surprise drop overnight. You had a good shot, you know, considering your work schedule, you had the best shot of the two of us to get in on this one. I didn't check it in time. And then by the time I saw it, it was probably not too long after I'd minted out. And I, you know, I'm not going to go in and buy out the floor. But this was a really um, fun and ambitious project. Really fun. 1,234 pieces at a really awkward Dutch auction range. Well, very thematic. You're right. It is very thematic. Only thematic if you look at the lowest price, which is 1.2345. Tez, then the tier up is 2.3456. Tez, then 3.4567. Tez, so on and so forth. All the way up to a top that started at 234.5678. So this was the dagger for me. Was It's like 10.30, wrapping up the night, took the trash out, dishwasher's on, time to go to sleep, check my phone, and I get an alert. It's been a long time since I got a crypto noises alert that Lauren Bednar uploaded a drop. A long time. And I'm like, whoa, cool. I'm going to go check this out. It was in the queue to open at like 11 p.m. EST. And then I saw this Dutch auction at five minutes <laughs> per tier. I ran the numbers. I crunched them real quick. And I was like, this, this shit's going to be till midnight before I, it gets to a price where you're like, absolutely not. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not waiting 90 minutes for it to get below 12 Tez or, you know, to get to like the five or four Tez range which is where I expected people to probably start minting. So I figured I would wait, check the secondary the next day. And I kind of put it off because it's kind of like with a project that's big, there's no rush to, to buy. There's a bunch listed. There's tons of different pieces. And then of course, doc was super kind to send us like nine of them that we'll chop up later. It's such a fun drop. Yeah. He, I mean, he's kind of a troll in like the fun oh, yeah. way, you yeah. know? And it's like, absolutely, I'm going to release this so that it kind of ends at the, the worst time for anybody who's not on the West Coast. There's uh, so many fun like shapes and variations here. And I jokingly was like, before I went to bed in Discord, I was like, what are the chances of one of these being a perfect Sudoku? You, you know, like with the one yeah, to nines. Yeah, I, I know it's Sudoku. Yeah, I don't think that there's any that are Sudoku mode, just looking at them. There's a lot more randomness. And of course, there's also like that weird like fading and chopping element and blurring. So there's tons of crazy shit. And most of them like aren't really numbers. It's just kind of numeric-esque shapes you know, where it's just like lines or curves or sometimes even letters, it seems like. It's always fun with a project like this too to see on the secondary like people reaching up and getting super weird variants that pop out in that yeah. like... You know, I think the floor is probably around like four or five Tez, but then we saw people reaching up into like the 20 plus Tez range to get super cool colors and variations that seem to form like certain shapes or I don't know, are especially chopped up and glitched. There's just a lot of really fun stuff here. You can spend a long time scrolling it because there's over a thousand of them. (laughs) Is this also the first Lauren Bednar project that is not just grayscale? On FX hash, yeah. I mean, technically precision angles has some color. I guess it's like a darker, yeah, it has a little more black and maybe some blue in there. But his work on other platforms, like art blocks and stuff, has, is colorful. So mm. there's just something about FX hash where he wants to go analog mode on us like this. Which I'm fine with. I'm fine you know, with it. It's, 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 it's a cool style. Here. Yeah. It was something fun to, like, to wake up to, you know? And I think we need more fun things to wake up to like that. Definitely. And it was like the old days of like, Oh, random Punavir drop. Although we've had some of those recently too, but. Yeah, it's a cool, it was a cool drop. Fun to see some color from Lauren. Fun to see some middle of the night chaos and that calculus of do I stay up or not, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's the, the, like the excitement. The so yeah, super fun one. And thanks again to Doc for donating. I'll still be looking at the floor from time to time on those. But let's jump over to Alba and talk about Remnants of Humanity. 
by Kira, since we already mentioned the project earlier in the episode. Yeah. This was the end cap to their exhibition. Strange Skies. Strange Skies. Yeah. Thank you for filling that in. It was 256 editions. And, you know, I was skeptical of it minting out just because of the price. It just seems like anything above 0.01 has the potential to struggle. It's like 70 bucks, something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's a lot in um, in test terms. It's a lot in test terms. Like if this was a 70 Tez project, I don't think it would have done nearly as well. So an example of where releasing on ETH can be a nice bonus in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Fully minted 100%. out. Um, so this, you know, not a ton of secondary market action. I checked on OpenSea. It's had about five ETH of secondary volume. How's the floor doing? The floor is 0.1. 0.1? Not bad. The WETH offer is 0.05. So, you know, I don't think it's a super high volume on the secondary, but it doesn't need to be if people, I mean, there's not that many listed, so. Yeah, people are buying to hold. Yeah, 9% listed. So yeah, what do you think of this one? Have you browsed, now that you've probably been browsing some outputs as I talk, <laughs> what do you think? I was browsing some outputs before we started to, um, you know, record as well. And, you know, definitely fits in the theme and just kind of that landscape sort of similar to some of the work on FX hash, just from like that cityscape perspective and trying to bring some nuance and detail to something as, uh, you know, elementary as a house, right. Mm. With, you know, different windows being lit up and, you know, the shapes of trees and you know, kind of making a cityscape come to life and just have quirk and personality. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I do. We watched interstellar, again this week and the way these kind of live on the inside of like a curved surface reminded me of i guess spoilers for interstellar like the end of that movie oh, oh, oh. no spoilers i haven't seen it yet but i want to oh, see it okay well but that's fine i will forget that spoiler you should definitely watch it it's pretty good this definitely gave me that vibe of a spaceship vibe let's just leave it at that looking at the project description and just looking at this in general it really makes me think of that the sci-fi-ness of the project description, it really runs counter to what's being depicted outside of the, the curvature part. Well, it's like the mix of something that is spectacular with mundane, right? Mm -hmm. How can this be possible? And yet what I'm seeing just doesn't feel special at all. Yeah. And it's just such, it's so small town. Yep. Some of the cityscapes are a little bit more wooded and feel like a little bit more of like that natural area era, but the ones that are much more like of a town with minimal trees, minimal greenery, and much more like just endless masses of like grid-based houses, you know, it's really desolate. I like the ones that have more intense curvature to them, like 59. Yeah. But again, you know, not unsurprisingly, like this is not a, no, most of the projects in this, or even all of the projects in this, are just not for me. Like, they're not Will projects, no. right? Like, but bullish to see at least this one and the um, stride mint out. The other is kind of struggling right now, but still, two out of six minting out and having some success is pretty good these days. Yeah, not bad. We take it. We take it, and congrats to Kira. Yeah. What All else right. do we have this week? Uh, do you want to go art blocks or do you want to go verse? Eh, let's go art blocks and end on verse. All right. Unsurprisingly, we're here recording. We did not go to the 923 Empty Rooms New York event today. They have been minting these out over the last few days. Coming up next is Mexico City, it looks like. So going to different bright moments, locations from the past. So this is the Casey Reese piece inspired by the work that he had up as part of the um, digital art exhibit at LACMA. And yeah, bright moments, art blocks coming together to bring really cool art, traveling the world with it, doing live events. It's a super cool animated piece. Thank God it's animated because if it wasn't, this like does not pass the thumbnail test. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. When I see these in the sales feed, they all look identical to me. There's some variation day to day, depending on the city. It looks like Color use and shape varies depending on the location, but... Is that one of the inputs that goes into the output or goes into the hash? Time and or location? 
I, I don't know because you don't have to be there to mint them. People are minting them from all over the place. Just watching the Dutch auction from afar. Seems like they're mostly going into the bottom tier to the Dutch auction, but there's been a nice amount of secondary action on these two that's been um, encouraging to see. You know, this is going to be almost a thousand editions in the end. Yeah. We saw some secondary for around like 0.15, jumping up to 0.2. I remember some people saying they got it down for around 0.1, maybe even just a little below, below that in some cases. So maybe there's not enough people out there who know about it, or maybe people are scared, don't understand the live minting element. Either way, it's a bargain, I think. And I'm kind of like tempted to go get one of the secondary. I just don't have the ETH. I kind of want to see what happens. Hopefully this will be a project where it doesn't just like shoot up like cargo did after the mint is done. I'm kind of hoping that the larger amount of um, quantity out there will keep the price lower. But I don't know. I wanted to get your impressions more <laughs> rather rather than trying to dig into how much they minted yeah. out for. I wanted to get your impressions on the on the project. You know, I think it's one of those pieces. The reason I'm asking about the price and the price it minted out at is because in many respects, it is reminiscent of the series that Casey did on FX Hash, like the meta series, Meta Molnar, mm. Meta The meta subtle Kelly. variations, you mean? Between super them? subtle variations, super high additions and really accessible price as a way to kind of spread the art and educate people, I think. And to like share a vision. I think that from an artistic lens, it's less about, oh, this art is amazing. It's visually spectacular and I have to have it. And more about what is it trying to represent and what is it doing within the space in the community? That's my, the way that I'm thinking about this particular work. And, you know, also it's just the subtlety and variations similar to the meta pieces, the, the subtlety and animation and the world building. Did you see this at LACMA? I forget. We talked about this last I week. did. Yeah, yeah. How does that LACMA experience translate to seeing it in web form? Um, similar, I will say. I mean, the LACMA experience is different in that you're in a hallway and there's like several of these being projected. And I feel like the ones that I saw there weren't like moving quite as quickly or deforming in the same way as these do. There's a ton of information and videos and stuff up on the Bright Moments site for this. So we should probably link to that in the notes for people to really dig in and see what Casey has to say about it. And also I didn't see like these really monocolored ones at all at the uh, exhibit there. So those might, I know there's some variations that are more monotone. Obviously it was super cool to see them like big projected in a museum setting that just like elevates it and kind of feels like more impressive, I guess in a way, but I really like the ones that I've clicked through and watched the animations go you know, this is one of those projects that actually does scale to screen size. I don't know if yeah. your frame handles animations, but maybe you can approximate your LACMA experience by um, <laughs> hiring an IT guy <laughs> to visit your home and help you get it on your screen. The problem is that the browser, like maybe there's a way to make it go full screen. I haven't tried, but I tried to run a reading a book in the frames browser and like it works. It's not perfect. But then you get all this like awful, like, you know, all the tabs and the, in the, the URL area. And like it, you, it doesn't like get rid of the ugliness. Oh, of you can't the, like run it. Like, yeah. It doesn't go just go screen. directly into full screen. It keeps it in the thing. So I've kind of for now put on pause trying to put animated stuff on there. Maybe, probably the easiest way to do it would be to just like connect a computer to it and like let the mirror the computer screen. Yeah, potentially. I just have one running full screen right now. I'm looking at it instead of our um, our little chat window. <laughs> and yeah, blown up big. I think it's super cool. It actually is very similar to something that Kim Dorf might do and just in terms of the subtle and pleasing animation. I like the way that the movement, especially when they're moving slower, it doesn't really feel like the shape itself is moving. It feels like the individual pixels, like the they're kind of made up of these like more rectangular yeah. pixels are like migrating. And as they migrate, it's like creating that illusion, actually very similar to the next piece that <laughs> we're going to talk about. Like it's creating the illusion of a shape and movement or a greater thing moving. So for something that again, like Casey's work, I think tends to, and also Kim and other artists who make stuff like this, like it tends to kind of feel simple sometimes, but there's a lot when of, you sit with of it. elegance to it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to change my tune now, now that I've been looking at this for two minutes in full screen mode and say that it's awesome. It's accessible. Yeah. Way better than the stuff on FX Ash. Yeah. Does it make you want to buy more of his FX Ash stuff and just be like, this is, I feel like he's having a moment right now, by the way. I mean, I it makes you like, want to buy this. Well, yeah. Obviously, I want to buy this, but it just, I feel like Casey, I'm see, I've been seeing him all over social media, like interviews, video stuff, like probably a lot of it's just pushing this, but there's been like a lot of retrospective stuff with him too, calling him like the godfather of generative art, which I guess maybe you can say that's correct for this era, right? Because of his involvement in processing. So clearly like a super important figure to the moment that we're in now. And it's just crazy that you can get some of his stuff on FX hash for like 20 tests, maybe even lower on offer right now. Yeah. I mean, the floor price on this is 0.19 ETH, which is obviously way more than 20 tests. 0.19. It's not terrible. It's a, it's no, it's it's like less than what I paid for a folds, (laughs) a fold, you know, so, but you love fold. So I love fold. I want another one. It makes me think about what, what cargo was sitting out right now. I think it's down below half an ETH. 0.69. Okay. Around half an ETH. Pretty sick. Well, go check it out. And obviously there's two more days of minting on that one. It's going to be one to watch. Let's mention really briefly also the Lokmi exhibit on Verse. Or I guess, yeah, it's an ex- it's an exhibit, but it's not like a solo. It's not part of a greater thing. It's just like a sol- it's just an individual thing called Space Time. It was curated by Lonely Boy. And the cool thing about this drop was like not only the animations themselves, which are really cool as you watch them, like how they form. Mm-hmm. But that it's like, it's a very interesting execution on generative where they are all, they all feel like they're of a family, but they're all made with different code. Like the code is so custom curated to design each one of these that it's not that he just like whipped out a thousand of them and curated these 100. These are intentionally built with code. Each one is a one of one, right? They're not mm-hmm. like a one of one of X. So it's it's a very it kind of straddles for me like this idea of one of one versus one of one of X in that if you told me they all came from the same code, I believe it. Yeah. And I I think that they were just different parameters being expressed by the code, but no, that's not the case here. I think this is another one where it kind of straddles that line of what is the art and based off of the curatorial statement with, you know, obviously not just the code is separate is different for each one, but it's also not cleaned code. The code is almost intentionally left a little bit messy. And so that's where the code is part of the art. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something that's critically important to, I guess, the experience of the piece and, you know, something about the appreciation. I know that you were reading that book earlier this year, talking about that particular dilemma and Mm -hmm. directly. I think it's also worth noting too, these are loops. Mm -hmm. Like when you watch them, especially some of the ones that use like squares and rectangles, you get almost this op art feel to them where it feels like it's different, but it's it's on a loop and it, you just get so much like movement and stuff out of a simple five second loop that it feels a lot longer. It really plays a trick on you. So I, I didn't um, bid on these. I was kind of busy that day and I couldn't watch it, but I was watching it from afar. I thought this was a super cool project and I minted out at $200. So pretty good. That's a pretty good payday for... I think what we're learning is that transacting in USD is even better than transacting in ETH. Oh, I was on a little bit of a rant today in Tender Discord about that. I want a Tezos stable coin. (laughs) I want like a FX USD. I think that should be their next project. I think that they should just denominate in USD and you set your USD price. And whatever the Tez value is when you choose to buy, that's what it is. That would work too. Whichever is easier. I just don't like this, like, Tez goes up and down. All of a sudden, things just got 30% cheaper. You have to figure it out. Uh, It's not fun. I think the main thing that this project makes me realize is that Lokmi projects on FX Hash, I thought they were a lot more animated than this, than the ones that actually are. There aren't really that many animated projects. It just, it feels like there are. Because, like, this verse piece feels so familiar to the work that they've already done. Most of their stuff on FX Hash is static. I mean, dashed migration has some light animation to it sometimes. So does broken dither, but nothing to the scale that we're seeing on this first project. No, this is a cool one. This space someone. I mean, I'm curious to know the story of how Lonely Boy found it. Maybe he saw 
of me sharing some stuff on Twitter and got in early and got it hooked up for verse, but a cool project. Actually, we didn't talk about it, but look, me had a successful params project recently called urban planning. Yeah. It was uh, while we were on break. All right. Yeah. Let's keep going. Let's wrap up this episode. I have one cool shout out here. I think you'll enjoy this hopefully. So Quiller, if you remember that project with yeah. James Patterson, the music project, it didn't mint out. It got about half minted out, but they put an album up on Spotify. And it's what's really cool is that like the album itself is 26 tracks long and it's got the token name and the person who uh, minted it in the title. Of the fabrication piece. Yes. So who was there? Who fabricated it? And I was listening. It is pretty good. Would you say it slaps? It kind of slaps. Like it's very nice. Considering that this stuff is, uh, I think, you know, generatively made, at least in some component, it's very nice to listen to. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I listened to like the first five or six tracks, but I have it open here to keep listening to uh, as I have spreadsheet work to do, you know? <laughs> But I just want to shout this out because it's just cool to see them. Even though the project hasn't minted out, they're still doing stuff with the Criller project. They're building playlists. Like they did a playlist that was just like 10 tracks where the uh, art piece is green. And they just made like a green playlist. Like So they're, they're trying to do cool stuff with the music and get it out there. I think this is kind of a long haul project for them. So I want to put this in the yeah. shout out section here. Definitely. And it makes me want to go back and revisit it a little bit more. You know, it's not just creating like a brand, it's kind of creating like this whole ecosystem of like pieces and building blocks and just almost a world, so to speak. Very cool. And if you want to look this up on Spotify, it's called Rain Bonus Volume 1 by Kriller. Uh, we can link the actual album in the FX text notes. Embed it. If you're too lazy to click and you want to type it in now rain bonus volume one but yeah let's make sure it's embedded the player in the fx text note all right looking ahead there's a actually a lot this week of really cool stuff there so, is there's two projects that are actually dropping tomorrow on the 18th they'll be out by the time this episode airs so maybe we can start with those i have a space ego here by pixel symphony and no aozora by volatile moods and the no aozora by volatile moods is I think what we've been looking at being kind of, you know, teased out there for months and months and months. Yeah, I think so. It's been a while since Volatile Moods has released a project here or anywhere that I know of. I'm scared though. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm scared of this Dutch auction. It's 256 editions starting at 256 with the bottom tier of 64, like thinking to what we just said about Kira. Like, I don't know if that would have minted out at 64 Tez. I'm really worried that this might be like a low double digits mint because the price is just too high for the current market. But it's but, so spectacular looking, you know? It's also an interesting move because the last two projects, um, Slumbers and Rough Guts, were like so much about color and shape and like kind of executing that paintbrush texture. And now here we have something that's so different and so unrelated, but also so cool in its own way. But man, I'm scared of this. I'm like preemptively anxious. <laughs> yeah, I saw the ending price and I felt it was ambitious. I guess we can put it that way. But, you know, it is very much in line with what Slumbers minted out at. The bottom tier of Slumbers was 64. And that went really fast. And I don't even know if it hit the bottom tier that was a completely different market. There was a completely different like mood around FXS in general. Yeah, totally different. But Slumbers is one of those uh, projects that we track as a part of the, um, if not the index, the extended index, mm -hmm. and has been maintaining a really solid floor currently at 300. Actually had a, some pretty good, like pretty cool sales recently. I mean, they were on offer and they were super nice pieces going at around that floor price. That was like, oh, I was like surprised mm -hmm. to see it some of those more desirable color combinations. Still a cool project to go back and revisit. So fingers crossed yeah. for volatile moves here. I think that it looks really great. The one thing that it doesn't have that the previous projects did have was being able to find that color palette that you really like. And mm -hmm. also like that concept of 
seeing something in it. You can see stuff in it to a certain extent, but it's way more ethereal, way more abstract and just like organic in many ways. This feels like the surface of a meteor in space. And it's just, it's very cosmic to me, but it has that organic, I don't know. It's, it's really cool. I think it's a great project. I just, I feel worried. That means we should go in and we should flip it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, it probably means maybe. that it's going to do really, really well. On the other side of that coin, Space and Ego by Pixel Symphony, who's had a few cool projects re- uh, recently mm-hmm. on the platform. And this one's really cool. Even I saw this in the yeah. upcoming feed. Just a very like geometric, colorful, but also minimal project. It's only 100 editions, three Tez, and it's got a redeemable aspect to it. So you can get a plot from Pixel Symphony, which is why I wanted to put this one in the looking ahead. And uh, the plot is 35 Tez. That's kind of cool. I love these little plottable redeemables. Yeah. And this piece is, or this project is just really pleasing. You know, it's very similar to Soul, which was Pixel Symphony's last piece, where it's subtle, simple, but really well executed. Yeah. I think Soul is really cool. This actually was a redeemable also. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some people share the plots in Discord and on Twitter. So kind of cool to see another artist doing this and I, I like this idea of making the token cost cheap and then like backloading the redemption you can kind of do it both ways right you can like go expensive token free redeem or cheap token fairly priced redemption so letting people just buy the tokens for cheap and decide if they want the plot is a nice way to go definitely it's going to be a big week off platform we have quasi dragon studies Coming Tuesday, the 22nd, assuming it doesn't get delayed. doesn't look like it will. They have the whole mechanism up on the site now, so you can go and play with it. Check out our interview with Harvey. Excited to see how that one does. They've changed it. I don't know if you heard. It's like it's not going to be the 100 and whatever it was, dragons to end it. Mm-hmm. They've put a harder stop on it. Did they explain any of the rationale around that particular? There is a spaces today, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Mm. But looking at the generator, actually, like the generator gives you 5,000 tiles to play with. Even with 5,000, I wasn't able to make like a three by three. So maybe they just realized it was too hard, like the math wasn't going to work. I think the other interesting change here was that tile minting is open for 500 hours, which I don't think was something that we had talked about in the interview. No, that's what I mean. They got rid of that. Like They changed the ending condition to be time-based from Black Dragon-based. So... Oh, uh, Bef- gotcha, gotcha. Right. Because before it was just going to be like this virtual open edition until that was satisfied. And way more rules have been put through there as well. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Black dragons, people- white dragons. White dragons, which we never even talked about with Harvey. They didn't exist then. I think it's going to be a big one for Verse. I'm pretty excited for them to have this so out ambitious. there. Yeah, so ambitious. And... Also off-platform, coming up this week, we have the next Tonic release with Lars Wander called Rhythm and the Machine. Definitely could be worth it. Did you see like the, the, the thing they were doing with the pre-orders here was kind of sneaky? <laughs> so, you know, with all of their projects, they have like the super high-tier print where it's like a $3,000 print option. Yeah. And with this one, during the pre-sale, they were selling something like 40 pre-curated pieces and you could get one for four ETH or for 4.25 ETH, you could get it with the $3,000 print. And so they were like only charging you a quarter ETH to get that $3,000 print. So I I was like, oh, they're doing some pretty smart marketing here. If you're in for four ETH, why wouldn't you just get that that print for a quarter ETH more, right? So it seems like they're trying to drive people into the physicals there and, and then the rest will be done on Dutch auction. Yeah. And I think the other interesting thing about this particular physical or like that top tier physical is that it's a silk screen. And so right. they're really branching out and exploring different types of printing and just different types of output. So continuing to kill it in their in their niche, I have to say. The Faust one had that expensive printing method that wasn't silk screening, but it was kind of similar. And then the Iskra one had like the silver something plate printing that was like a couple thousand so they're always doing this like hyper premium and those come signed like if you if you get the expensive print you get a signature which matters to some collectors so it'll be exciting to see how that one does this week 
you can get it at a rebate auction. So right. that's really cool for you because you have an escape. Yeah, I think the end price is probably still going to be too high for me, unfortunately. So, uh, resting price of 0.45. Oh, maybe if it, I don't, maybe I don't. I doubt it goes to the bottom though. What do you think? Probably better than that for a Lars. There's 400 yeah, of them, get though, a, so it could be a complimentary 12 by 12 print. So that's true, <laughs> but no signature. Oh, there was one more FX hashing that we're looking forward to, which is the Tender X Pixel Shard collab. Not confirmed to be FX hash. According to Twitter. Oh, is it not confirmed? I assumed it was on FX hash. I assumed it was on FX hash, but you know, when I'm looking here, it doesn't say anything about FX hash. So. That's true. Actually, it doesn't necessarily have to be. So the, they shared the generator in Tender Discord, but it's, yeah, it's not on FX hash. It's just like a landing site to play. And a lot of people are jumping in and playing around with it. It looks really good. I mean, <laughs> this piece, it's been a while since we've had a Tender collab. Wherever it ends up, I think this piece is really, really cool. I'm sure you've had a busy week, but if you can find some time to play with it this weekend, I, I suggest you jump in. Mm-hmm. I've it's... been looking at some of the um, the images that have been coming out with, from the generator and pretty cool. The thumbnails truly don't do it justice. Like when you open up the generator and like see it a bit bigger on your screen and get a better sense of the, the texture and the detail. Some of the thumbnails like that you see shared, they kind of look muddy. But when you get them bigger, they can breathe. They look phenomenal. So I'm super excited for this one. I, I'm not exactly sure when it's going to come out. Probably sometime in the next two weeks would be my guess. And last but not least, I don't know if you Oof. saw this little bit. So we've been, we were talking about that Jarrah's piece. And some of the art blocks people, collectors who are savvy and know how to do this stuff, kind of fished that it's going to be on art blocks because it's like up on their contract and it's oh, even on OpenSea. It's even on yeah. OpenSea right now. Art blocks published it. So we know it's going to be on art blocks. We don't know if it's going to be presents or curated or something else. Yeah, we'll have to take a look. Cause I think when we had some of the other curated stuff, I know that the it contract up goes up Sansa. early for those. Yeah. I'm not sure how early the contract goes up on the others. I don't know. I'm just not enough. I'm not inside on AB enough. I mean, I know that on Sansa, it gives the pricing tiers, at least as they stand now. And people are guessing based on those pricing tiers, like those are Artbox curated pricing tiers. But obviously there's no official announcement. There's no announcement, right? Like Jairus hasn't said anything. Artbox hasn't said anything. There's been no Jairus run there's been 178 Tez worth of Glossolalia sold in the last week. And right. I think one Coronado for 310 Tez. So that is the Jairus run so far. That's the Jairus run. I mean, I would. Your bags are packed, man. My bags are packed. They're, they're long packed, you know. Maybe I should like list my sixth best Coronado just in case there is a run. If it's curated, that would be a huge news. I mean, imagine that arc, right? From sinuosity. <laughs> From sinuosity to art blocks curated in less than two years, ask me anything. You know, <laughs> like that would be yeah. pretty sick. I mean, the Jairus trajectory, just like looking at the FX hash work is just, you know, it just jumps up like mm. every so often. There'll be projects of a, of a certain type and then, you know, everything changes and it's just a tier better and then a tier better. Yeah. And then a tier better. And then you get... The Olympics poster is just the insane, the most insane drop you've ever seen. And then everything kind of like drops back down. We'll see if the art blocks piece is anywhere near as good. If you believe the Sansa, the staging site, it's animated. So it, it beats us on that at least. You know, on top of these amazing still images that we've been seeing, apparently the piece animates. So pretty sick. I'm super excited for this one. Like just. It is so good. Yeah, it is it, so good. Obviously, we're biased, right? Great friend of the show, collaborator, interview guest. But you have to feel good to see someone take risks and put work in and push themselves and get rewarded like this, right? Assuming yeah. it's curated, which we don't know for certain. But I'm, I'm trusting other people who say that they think it is. I'm just clicking through the generator now. We'll link to it over on Sansa. Check it out. 
give Jerez a follow, get some ETH ready. <laughs> it's going to be big. Get some Olympics posters. Pack get some Olympics, Olympics posters while bags. you still can, while there's while they're not expensive. Exactly. I want to see like a 50 test floor on the posters. If this thing is, is really going to be curated and I got to go pick a corner out of the list. All right. I think that wraps it. Let's not rampantly speculate on, on Jerez anymore. I'm, I'm sure they don't appreciate it, but we're, we're rooting for you. And I'm rooting for you, Trinity, to have a, a restorative weekend. We'll see. I'm we'll see. going back to work after we hang up this podcast. So Okay, well then let's hop off. That's a great place to end. Thanks everyone for listening as always. Thank you, Pixel Wank, for the music front and back. We hope you enjoyed. We'll be back again soon with another episode. Later, everyone. Bye. <laughs>